0: In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I'm going to circle back and discuss this interview that I had with the Religious News Service and their resistance to accept my answer with regard to critical race theory. When I said that it was unbiblical, in fact, the antithesis of the gospel, all the interviewer could do was keep saying, yeah, but, because he didn't want to accept that. Well, today I'm going to share the biblical evidence to make my point. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's rebellion. As we wrap up the week, I want to go back to this issue of my interview with a reporter from the Religious News Service. Again, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, I would advise you to go to the podcast version and do so. Because in that particular episode that I did yesterday, I described the fact that I received a phone call from a reporter for the religious news service. Now, if you don't know who they are, look at a lot of the stories in the New York Times or the Atlantic or any other periodical across the nation, newspaper, social media, whatnot, and you'll find that the religious news is often reported by these guys. They're kind of like Reuters, if you will. They go out and provide stories that are picked up from uh, across the entire gamut of news agencies, newspapers, news magazines, and social media. So they're one of the purveyors of religious news. Now, you would think when they call you and ask for an interview that they would have a basic understanding of the topic that they're engaged in that they understand if they've called you and ask you to comment on, for example, wokeism, that they have a basic understanding of the problems with wokeism. Otherwise, why are they calling you? Even if they disagree with you, they should understand the perspective that the, uh, the counterpoint brings to the table. And when they shift the discussion to critical theory and critical race theory, they likewise should understand. And this guy that interviewed me kept saying he didn't kept saying, I don't understand. You're not explaining yourself. And in frustration, as you know, I finally said, what part of the words of the Apostle Paul and Jesus and Matthew, Mark, and Luke and James and Peter and Jude, what part of their words that I've shared with you do you not understand? What part of Martin Luther King Jr.'s admonition do you not understand? I'm not too sure why you don't get it. That was the nature of yesterday's show, and I explained that exchange with you. Well, I didn't have time to actually go into the biblical evidence to support my point, because if I'm going to say that critical race theory is the opposite of, the antithesis of, the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the message of the historical church, for 2,000 years the church has said something opposite of critical race theory and wokeism, if I'm going to say that... I need to back it up. Now, I shared some of that with my friend yesterday in the interview, but I didn't have time because he kept distracting and dodging and dancing, and he won, he would not, excuse me, he would not accept the biblical evidence I was sharing, and therefore it was truncated, it was limited. Today, I'm going to share more with you. So if you have friends or family members, a son or a daughter. Or Uh, son-in-law, daughter-in-law, if you have anybody in your circle of influence that keeps doubling down on the critical race theory message of white privilege, intersectionality, social justice, and systemic racism, then you need to listen to today's show, because if those people are claiming to be Christian, the first question you should ask them is this, what does the Bible say about this? Now, if you're not a Christian, you, should, you still should care about this show because the critical race theory proponents are using biblical language. They're twisting it and manipulating it and turning it upside down to win the day. So you should care about the biblical message if they're going to use biblical language to try to defend their case of social justice, white privilege, systemic racism, etc., etc. I'm going to give you the facts today in terms of what the Bible says about this stuff. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. Before I get going with the rest of the show... Let me just say this. I obviously encourage you to subscribe to The Rebellion. If you enjoy this show, if you enjoy what we do here, if you gain anything from it, if you learn anything in terms of how to engage in the market square of ideas, how to have a conversation, a meaningful one, how to have a good debate, how to enjoy a good argument, how to have differing views with your family and friends and have a few arrows in your quiver to defend yourself when they start firing off stuff about critical race theory, LGBTQIA, social justice, uh, white privilege, uh, systemic issues in our culture, all of these things, there are answers to these issues. There are answers to what I would call very shallow arguments, and in many cases, outright lies. And today, I'm going to share with you my response to the Christians who are saying that critical race theory makes sense because that's the nature of this interview that I had with the Religious News Service reporter. But again, subscribe to The Rebellion by going to patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. If you do so at $20 or more per month, I will send you a free copy of my first book, which was titled Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas. And also, if you subscribe at that level and you want me to come and speak at your church or a political event or whatever, whatever, conference, I'll give you a substantial discount on my speaking fees if you're a subscriber to The Rebellion at that level. Okay, enough of the sales pitch. Back to the topic at hand. So why do I think critical race theory is unbiblical? Well, in, in a nutshell, critical race theory, critical theory, is grounded in revenge. That's the premise payback. It's also predicated on the concept of self-righteousness, that one group is righteous, one individual is righteous, and the other is not. So it's grounded in revenge. Its premise is a sense of self-righteousness. The concept of repentance is dodged because the only people that should repent are those you disagree with, those people that don't look like you. Those are the ones that should repent. And heaven forbid that anybody ever challenge you and suggest that you're not much better yourself and maybe you ought to start looking in the mirror until you start throwing stones out your window at other people. Or what's the old axiom? Uh, What was that? Um, When you're pointing the finger at somebody else, there's always at least three fingers pointed back at you. So this whole concept of self-righteousness that is the pretext for critical theory is not... Biblical, okay? And I'm going to share verses with you in a second to prove my point. Revenge, self-righteousness, it's not repentance. It's um, us against them, me against you. Its very premise is neo-Marxist. That's a fact. They admit this. They ground their message and their ideas in the ideology of Karl Marx, who was the proponent of class conflict. So it's class conflict, it's revenge, it's payback, it's self-righteousness. There's no repentance involved here because you're the righteous one and it's only your opponents who should be repenting. So it pits people against each other and it pigeonholes people because of the way they look. That's a fact, and that should make all of you feel very uncomfortable. Where in the Bible does it ever tell you to pigeonhole people, to categorize people because of the way they look? because of the color of their skin or anything else for that matter. No, the Bible says the exact opposite. You are never to do that. So it's a vicious circle. Critical theory is based on conflict, and it's a vicious cycle of the oppressor and the oppressed. And if you're in the oppressed group, your goal is to become the oppressor, because that's the only way that you can get quote-unquote justice is to turn the tables, to pay back, to get some revenge, and to get some of their stuff and attain it unto yourself. That's the foundation of critical race theory. And it's a direct violation of the Tenth Commandment. You should see that very clearly. What's the Tenth Commandment of the Ten? The last one is, thou shalt not covet. And what is coveting? Coveting is looking outward at other people and saying, I want some of your stuff. You don't deserve it. I do. I'm going to take some of it, if not all of it, and redistribute it to me and my friends. That's coveting. That's envy, which is one of the seven deadly sins that's been cited from by the church, oh, for the last 1,500 years or more. So it's the opposite of the gospel of Christ. Why do I say that? Well, just listen. The rest of the show is going to be, Essentially, me citing my sources. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cite Scripture, my sources, to prove my point. So if you don't catch this in the radio version because you don't have a pencil or pen there to write this stuff down, then go to the podcast version later on and play it back a couple times. I'm going to give you the verses, okay? I'm going to start with a lot of what the Apostle Paul says to the various different first century churches. The first one is the Church of Colossia. It's Colossians 3.14, his letter to that church in the first century. he says this, And have put on the new self. You have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all. And is in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with hearts of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another, and forgive any complaint you may have against someone else. What part of that is confusing? In that very brief statement to the Church of Colossia, the Apostle Paul, St. Paul, makes it clear that in the body of Christ, In the body of Christ, you have a new self. You put on a new self. Your old selfish self is dead and gone. You've been transformed. You've been made a new creation. And that new creation is selfless, not selfish. It's focused on others, not on you. Okay? That's the good news of the gospel. You've been redeemed. You've been reclaimed. You've been reborn. That's the good news of the gospel. You don't wallow around in your anger and your resentment, in your quest for vengeance. You don't do that. The Apostle Paul says, in the body of Christ, there is no Jew nor Greek. Now, this is a pretty bold statement because there was a great deal of tension between Jewish people and Greeks, Romans and whatnot. They didn't like each other, okay? But the Apostle Paul is saying, there is no distinction in the body of Christ. Stop it. Don't look at somebody else as being a Greek or a Jew, It doesn't make any difference. You're neither barbarian or Scythian. You're not slave or free. These distinctions within community, within society, these false distinctions that human beings create to pigeonhole one another and to categorize one another and to label one another are false distinctions when you're in the church, when you're in the body of Christ. Anybody that claims that CRT can be used in the church is ignoring this passage. And I'm not sure why my buddy at the religious news service can't get this. He says, the Apostle Paul says, if you're the elect of God, if you're in the church, you're holy and beloved, you should clothe yourselves with what? Compassion. Is that critical theory? No. Kindness. Do you see that in critical race theory? No. Humility. No. You see the exact opposite. This arrogance, this haughtiness that my group is better than your group. Gentleness? (laughs) gentleness <laughs> hardly and patience none none of that in critical theory and then the apostle paul says bear with one another and do what here it comes listen for it the shoe's gonna the shoe's gonna drop here bear with one another and forgive any complaint that you have against someone else is that what we're teaching people to do if we Elevate critical theory, conflict theory, critical race theory. Is that what we're teaching members of the church, the body of Christ, to do? Are we teaching them to forgive any complaint that they have against someone else? Or are we encouraging them to do the exact opposite? Critical race theory is not biblical. It's the antithesis, the opposite of the gospel. Well, Paul wasn't done. He didn't just write that to the church of Colossia. He wrote it to the church of Ephesus. He said to them, with diligence, you should persevere in the unity, unity, unity. One more time, that word unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So he's telling the church of Ephesus to be unified through a bond of peace, not conflict, not us against them, me against you, blacks against whites, Greeks against Jews, no, he's saying none of that is acceptable. You are to persevere in the unity of the spirit through the bond. You're bond together. You're glued together with the spirit of peace. To the church of Galatia, the apostle Paul said something very similar. He says this. It's going to sound, it's going to sound very familiar here, folks. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Does that sound like the divisive message of critical theory, conflict theory, us against them, me against you, where there are losers and there are winners? No, that's the exact opposite. The Apostle Paul told the Church of Galatia, the Church of Ephesus, the Church of Colossia to stop it. Stop the divisive talk. Stop looking at other people as if they're in a category different than you, because they're not. You're all one in Christ Jesus. To the church of Corinthians, he said something very similar. He said this, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. Does that, is that confusing? What's confusing about that? No body can exist if it keeps cutting off portions that it doesn't like. I don't like the hand, so I'm going to cut it off. I don't like the foot, so I'm going to cut it off. I don't like the eye, so I'm going to pluck it out. That's not a healthy body, folks. That's not the way your body works. So he's told the church of Corinth, the church of Ephesus, the church of Galatia, the church of Colossia to stop it, stop the divisive rhetoric. He's not done. He says the same thing to the church of Rome in his epistle titled Romans. He says this in chapter three and the righteousness that comes from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Why did I read that? Because of the next statement. There is no distinction. Close quote. To all, all, not just blacks, not just whites, not just Hispanics, not just Asians, to all who believe, there is no distinction of blacks and whites and Asians and Hispanics. You're all one in the body of Christ. I'm stunned that I have to keep explaining this to a guy that writes for the religious news service. Back to Romans again. Paul says this, just as each of us has one body with many members, and not all members have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many are one body, and each member belongs to one another. Again, the message seems pretty clear to me. Now, my adversary, reporter Bob, with the religious news service, he kept saying to me, yeah, but... Yeah, but the Old Testament, the Old Testament emphasizes justice and condemns injustice. How do we solve the problem? Well, let's go to the Old Testament, Bob. Let's go to Leviticus nineteen eighteen. It says this, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone, anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. You might want to attend to that Old Testament passage, Bob. Don't seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone. Does critical race theory do the exact opposite? And teach people, preach to people, enable people, encourage people, inflame people to do the exact opposite? Indeed, it does, because critical theory is grounded in conflict. Conflict, bearing a grudge and seeking revenge. How about Micah? The prophet Micah says this, God delights to show mercy, okay? Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. So the model that we get here of God is that he forgives our transgressions. He doesn't stay angry. He shows mercy and compassion, even though we deserve the exact opposite. Do you think maybe we're told that about God because Micah would like us to do the same? Hmm, maybe so. How about uh, in the Gospel of Matthew? Let's go to that one. We're told in the Gospel of Matthew that Jesus says this. Okay, this is, a, this is a passage that whether you're a Christian or not, you probably know. It's the Lord's Prayer. It's given to us by the Lord, Jesus. That's why it's called the Lord's Prayer. Okay, what's the point of the Lord's Prayer? Well, one of the points is, forgive us our debts. Okay? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. What's the point? That if you want to be forgiven, you might want to start forgiving those people who have done something against you. Does critical theory even suggest that? Absolutely not. There's nothing in critical theory. There's nothing there that says forgive. There's everything there that says the exact opposite. It foments revenge and anger, and it seeks recompense. Uh, Jesus says this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins... What's coming? This is pretty hard stuff here. Your father will not forgive you yours. So, you're telling an entire group of people, because of the color of their skin, because they're black, that they don't have to forgive other people? Aren't you setting them up so that they won't enjoy the forgiveness of God themselves? If you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive you yours. Seems pretty clear. Bob, reporter Bob, what part of this do you not understand? More on forgiveness. Luke, the apostle Luke, or excuse me, um, the writer of the gospel of Luke, Dr. Luke, says this. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. That's Jesus being quoted by Dr. Luke. So don't judge. Does critical race theory teach people to judge? Absolutely judge people because of the color of their skin. Don't condemn. Are they in a perpetual state of condemnation of those people that they consider to have privilege? And therefore that privilege should be taken from them. Taken from them and redistributed to people of a different color of skin. Do not judge. Do not condemn. And you will not be condemned. In other words... I think you could imply the opposite. You are going to be condemned if you keep doing it yourself. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Again, the opposite. If you don't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. This is from Jesus. Back to Romans, the Apostle Paul, St. Paul. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it's written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Again. Reporter Bob, why is that confusing to you? No worldview that encourages revenge is biblical. The Apostle Paul has made it very clear that you should stop dividing the body, that you should stop dividing dif- uh, people into different groups uh, on the basis of anything, whether it be gender, whether it be their origin of um, their city of origin, whether it be their tribe. It doesn't matter, whether it be their economic status, slave or free. It doesn't matter. The body of Christ does not care about those things. And it also recognizes that God is sovereign. And if there's any vengeance, it's his, not yours. (sighs) Jesus says, if if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing so, you are doing it as unto me. Again, pretty clear here. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Again, pretty clear, isn't it? Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I could go on and on and on. I've got more here. There's not enough time in the show to cover it. My point is this. My point is this. I've got a couple minutes to make this point. Yes, the Old Testament prophets do say, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, Amos. Isaiah says, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless and plead the widow's cause. Micah says this, what uh, he has told you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So justice is emphasized. So Bob kept saying, yeah, but if something has been unjust in the past, how do you, how do you correct it? How do you reconcile it? How do you change it? And my answer was very clear. Forgive. Oh, you, you don't think that's going to solve the problem, do you, said Bob? Of course I do. Why do I believe that? Because that's what we're told to do. Forgive. And not only you, if you're listening to this and you're holding a grudge against somebody else, stop it. Forgive them. Forgive them. Because if you don't, it's just a vicious circle. If you don't forgive them, they're not going to forgive you. And there's going to be offense after offense after offense, something that's unjust over and over again, and it perpetuates and builds upon itself. The only way to break that cycle is in humility, recognize that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death, and that there is none righteous, no, not one. That includes you. That includes you. And if you're black, that includes you. If you're Asian, that includes you. If you're Hispanic, that includes you. And if you're white, that includes you. There's no one that's listening to me right now. There's no one that's not listening to me right now that can claim righteousness. Repentance is the only solution. Confession rather than conflict is the only solution. And forgiveness is the only message of the gospel. You are forgiven and therefore you should forgive others. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.